You are listening to the One Life Podcast by Stena Fitness, where we share our tips, journey, and failings to help you maximize your one life. Welcome back to Divorced and Done. I'm Rob Woodward, joined by Darren Schmidt. We are very pleased to be joined uh, by our second guests, our dear friends, Julie and Kevin Stenner of Stenner Fitness. Uh, By way of background, as all the listeners know, Darren and I met each other in law school, but we also met Kevin in law school. uh, as He's also a lawyer, and it's great that he could be here uh, with his wife, Julie. Uh, and Darren, I know you have dug into their background and why they're joining us today on the podcast. Do you want to let our listeners know? Do I ever. I am so pumped. Uh, yeah, so Kevin, Rob, and I all went to law school together. Uh, what a wonderful experience that was. Um, but enough about that. Let's get on to Kevin and Julie. <laughs> Kevin and Julie are what I think we could describe as a power couple. They both live in Calgary. They're each one half of what is now Stenner Fitness. Kevin is a litigation lawyer at Carbert Waite in Calgary. Uh, He runs a YouTube channel called The Time Crunch Triathlete. Uh, That can be found on YouTube and other social media channels. He's completing something called an Everesting Triathlon, which is exhausting just to say, let alone do. Let's get on to the important part of the couple, Julie. Uh, Julie is a self-employed physical therapist. I understand she's also an educational consultant. She's a physiotherapist. I understand she has a master's in physiotherapy from Queen's University. And I think she's also a mobile yoga instructor. But most importantly, they are podcast colleagues. They host a podcast called Your One Life with Stenner Fitness. The description of the podcast is we all have one chance at this one life. How are you going to choose to live it? Let's talk maximizing health, wealth, fitness, and everything in between. And those are the exact things we're going to be talking with Kevin and Julie about today. Kevin, Julie, welcome to the Divorced and Done podcast. Thank you yeah. so much. It's um, a real pleasure to be here. And I just love what you guys are doing and, and the value you're providing to uh, the world out there. So uh, kudos to both of you. Fantastic stuff. Tell us a little bit about this Stenner Fitness and this journey into putting yourselves both out into social media and running Stenner Fitness. Just let our listeners kind of know what is Stenner Fitness and what are you guys up to? So I think, you know, going back a few decades in our life, we've both been passionate athletes. And through, you know, careers and kids, I think we strayed away from from that a little bit. And we're still active and, and, and in shape and focused on fitness, but it was maybe taking a, a back seat, a passenger seat. And we've always wanted to do something in the fitness realm and have a, a fitness business, you know, um, a passion of both of ours. And you know, our our kind of goal for 2021 was just to say yes and execute and do things. So we thought, you know, now's as good a time as ever. There's never a perfect time. Let's get this fitness uh, business off the ground and really try and impact people and and help help their lives in both you know mental, physical, and and all aspects of it. So, you know, that's been our goal for 2021 is just to provide value to to our clients and and on our social media platforms as well. Yeah, I think you said it well. I think, um, yeah, like Kevin said, we just started, we actually started in 2020. 
We did late so, 2020. And we started our podcast around the same time too. We thought, you know, it's like COVID, piv- not, we're, we're not really pivoting. We're just extending what we're already doing. So, I mean, it was just really a good time for us. And we met some good friends in Ontario who helped us get started with our fitness business as well. And we just thought, let's just do it together. Cause yeah. I was going to do it myself. And then Kevin's like, no, let's do it together. <laughs> so he kind of really pushed me to do it. So, and we've definitely been stronger together doing this. Excellent. So we know about your podcast. I know about your YouTube channel as well, where you have your podcast, which is cool. What are you doing? Because you mentioned your fitness company directly. What are you doing with individuals? So what we do is we have uh, clients join up with us and we have essentially the Netflix of fitness. And so we talk to them about what their goals are, what their history is, any injuries, any special situations we need, need to know about. And then we pair them with, with one of the, the programs we have. Um, and it's fully streamable, direct to their home, minimal equipment required. You know, they can do it if they're out camping. They can do it in the basement. They can take it to the gym with it if they want. And then we provide one-on-one coaching and assistance with them um, as they go through that program and then also for the whole year. And once they finish that program, you know, we talk about it. How do you, how did you do? How have your goals changed? And then we help them pick another one and it kind of continues on for the course of the year. And we also do a lot of uh, nutritional consultation and nutritional uh, help and, and advice as well. And, and to be honest, sometimes we're just here, I think for mindset advice, people have the fitness taken care of, but they want to be a part of our, uh, accountability group, which we run through our, our own app, not on, on social media. And I just want to have those cheerleaders behind them, you know, to say, I did this and, and they get the positive feedback. And I think it, it really creates those small wins and those small wins, whatever it is, that's what creates momentum. And it just keeps going and it creates a really fantastic loop, I think. Yeah, we have a place that they can check in on the app every day. They can upload a picture of themselves. They can log their nutrition, they can log their water, all their nutrition, their protein intake, and their workouts as well. And then we just have a place, it's just a safe place, totally private app, and we just cheer each other on. So that's the big part is that having that accountability, you always know that someone's going to be showing up for you that day in that group. And it makes it fun. And I I think we forget to have fun when we work out. And we think it needs to be this, you know, isolated incident or we're always going for extreme challenges. And I'm all for that. I love them. But at the root of it is we do it because it's fun. And, you know, to be honest, the word workout somewhat bothers me because we're not working. Like we're kind of playing when you think about it. And I think, you know, having that fun group and the plug, the plug and play um, streaming programs, it just brings the fun back into it. And you don't have to like drive anywhere and make a big scene about it. Just get it done, have fun, and on you go with your day. So um, a lot of our listeners are going through what is probably the most stressful moment of their life. They're going through a separation from their common law spell, so they're seeking a divorce from their married partner. Um, I know you, you know, on your podcast and, and through your social media feeds, you talk about mindset. Uh, and, and that's filtered through a fitness mindset and, and fitness activities, clearly. Um, what are, what are some ways people can maybe get through a stressful situation from a mindset, just starting from a mindset perspective, not even getting off of a chair and and doing exercise, um, just starting with, um, what kind of mindset do I need to sort of persevere and overcome this? 
So I think one thing Julie taught me, and, and she did teach me this, and apologies for always cutting you off and jumping in, but <laughs> is is uh, is to have a gratitude practice. And I know it may sound a little bit cliche in 2021. We probably all have heard it a lot, but it does make a big difference. And it's as simple as, you know, three easy ways to incorporate it into your day. So when I wake up now, I have my day planner. And I just write down one thing I'm grateful for. And maybe it's I woke up, maybe it's sunny, maybe something more substantive. Uh, and I know Julie does the same and has a whole morning routine and, and mantra, that, mantra that puts her in a good mindset. And then the next thing we do is is at the dinner table, we go around the table and, you know, if you're eating on your own, you can still do this. You just check in with yourself and say, what am I grateful for that happened today? And again, that puts you in, in a better mindset. And then before we go to bed, we do it with our kids and we should probably do it with each other. And, and if you're on your own, you know, you do it with yourself is, you know, what's something I love today and what's something I learned today? And just by sprinkling in that gratitude, I think, throughout the day, it helps with a positive mindset. So I think that, that that's one, one tip. The second one is, you know, what you project to the world is what you give back, is what you get back. And so even if we all have those days and you just hate everyone and everything, you don't know why. And then the world reflects that back. So when you're having those days, if you can force yourself to smile, even if it's fake, if you can force yourself to open the door for someone in the office, you know, if you can force yourself to, when you buy groceries, they say, you'd like to donate $2 to whatever charity, you know, just say yes, just smile, just open that door for someone. And what you're going to see is the people you, you do that for are going to reflect back a more positive energy and it's going to help you i think change your mindset you know so again it, it may sound cheesy but i've really been working on on these the last year and it's really made a difference uh, anything you want to add you kind of like the law of attraction but one thing i i think a lot of people think that we are always happy and positive and we just wake up like, <laughs> oh yeah let's go it's, That's the impression I get watching you guys. <laughs> it takes work. Like we don't wake up. Well, I don't wake up like happy, motivated every single day. So those days that are really struggle, hard to get out of bed, don't want to get, don't want to like, you want to sleep in, pass your alarm. All those days that are hard to get up and moving, you just do it anyways. I know there's like no magic trick for that, but you just have to have that in your mind to just do it anyways and have something that you're excited to wake up for. So yeah. I always tell my clients, not everyone likes to work out in the morning. Not everyone's happy in the morning, but if you intentionally decide that you're going to wake up and get a quick workout in before the day starts, before the world gets up, that means that you're putting you first. You're showing up for you first, showing up for the world Filling your cup, as they say, so you can overflow into others. And it sounds cheesy, but it works. Like yeah. every day, just have that in your mind. Show up for you. And if you don't feel like it, do it anyways. Do it anyways. Like that's just what you got to do. Yeah. And, and to build on that, I actually read a quote right before we jumped on. And I'll probably get it wrong. But it was, it was talking about, does motivation cause action or does action cause motivation? And what this study was saying is that action actually breeds motivation, not the other way around. So the days you don't want to do it, those are the days to really dig deep and try and do something. Like something is better than nothing. You know, maybe you want to do a half hour workout, even if you get 10 minutes in, 
right? That action is going to create motivation, which is just going to create that momentum. And it's just going to, it's just going to help. Maybe you don't even want to do a workout. Maybe, maybe you're so like, you're not there yet and you're not ready to work out, but you want to start working on yourself. What you can do is, yeah, you have try to build some momentum because then if you can kind of build into taking more care of yourself. But one thing I find that is really helpful is just pressing play on a YouTube motivation channel, like anything like Mel Robbins is one of my favorites. Tony Robbins is good. Um, Gabby Bernstein, any of those kind of self-help junkies, as we like to say, they are great. There's so many great motivation montages. You have a playlist on your YouTube. Yeah, I do have a playlist if you want to check out mine. I have about 20 of my favorites that I just saved on YouTube. And what's your YouTube channel where we can find that? It is just Julie Stenner. YouTube. Just started that. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So picking up on that and motivation breeding action or action uh, generating motivation, if you, when you start working with new clients, for example, people that maybe have never exercised before or really ever taken care of their physical fitness or it's been a really long time, And it's approaching those first steps, getting involved, starting this again in the midst of probably a separation, a divorce, a really stressful time in their lives. What are the best first steps for starting into physical activity again? I think there's a few things. It depends on the personality and the personality type and and what their, their history is. But I think one thing is you don't need to jump in. I'm planning on seven days a week and these great, big, crazy workouts. Just start small. Start manageable. If it's only five minutes a day, if it's 10 minutes a day, start there and then build. Because what where we find people burn out is when they jump in too quick. Because either they say, you know, you always ask, how much time do you have to do this? How much time do you want to commit to this? And they'll say, I have as much time as it takes. But you don't, right? So, you know, people need to really look at it and say, look, like, look, realistically right now I have 10 minutes a day. Or 10 minutes, five days a week. Great. Let's do 10 minutes, four days a week. And then we'll add that fifth day or we'll add, make it 12 minutes or 15 minutes. So I think just start small and, and build that way. And the other thing is to really bring down the barriers of what it takes to create that healthy habit, whether it's fitness, whether it's having a gratitude practice, you know, whatever it is. So one of the things we speak to our clients about is, is habit stacking. And so, you know, you know, every morning, a lot of us get up and have our coffee. And so if I get up and have my coffee, and for example, I have my journal there with a pen on it, then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write out what I'm I'm grateful for. Or if I have it on top of my computer. So I open up my computer to work and my journal's there with a pen, I can write it down. Right. So bring down those barriers so, so you can do it. If, if it's about working out, something we still do to this day is, you know, we have our, our shoes laid out with our workout clothes. Everything we need is set up the night you know, before. The night before. So there's no like no deviations possible yeah. in the morning. And, and if it's going to be a big workout, I have my water bottles filled on the bike. I have my bananas ready to go like. There's no, I don't just think it's totally automated process, totally automated yeah. because as soon as there's a barrier, even for us, it's not getting done. It, it's just not. Yeah. Totally it, make it automatic. Just like you said. And it just, 
I mean, it sounds easier than it is, but, <laughs> but just having your clothes, just getting up early, if that's what you choose to do and having your clothes set out, ready to go. And if you like to have a coffee in the morning, whatever, having that all ready, it just makes it so much easier to get out of bed, especially on those cold, dark winter mornings. Yeah. Because mornings that we don't prep the espresso machine the night before, like, I don't get out of bed in the morning to work out. Like, I'll be honest. I like wake up and I'm like, oh, but I have to make the espresso too. That's a whole other 90 seconds. No, not happening. Done. And I go back to bed. So, you know, keep it small, keep it manageable, and then just break down those barriers. So whatever the, the, the hiccup is, you know, or whatever the roadblock is, how can we make habits around it so that we can make it as easy as possible to, to get it done. And have a group that you're accountable to. That's a huge piece. I think a lot of people miss is that having that accountability group. So having just knowing that someone is going to be there and it's not necessarily live. We do do some live stream workouts and that we do have that coming too on our app down the road, but even just having, just knowing that someone's going to be in that accountability group waiting for you to share your win for that day or your workout for that day. So just knowing that you have to show up for you and someone else, it yeah. just makes it so much easier. Shared experience. So I think one thing that uh, our clients f- certainly feel as they're going through a separation or divorce is that they've lost control. So they've lost uh, certainty. They've lost something, a relationship, a marriage, that some months or years prior, everything was normal. Now things are not normal because everything's come apart. And I think touching on some of the themes you guys have talked about, one thing you can have control over is yourself, your physical well-being, your mental well-being. Um, And certainly I think taking control of that routine. So in terms of, like you say, getting out of bed, doing something, even if it's a small step, Personally, from both of your perspective, because your, I I would say, advanced athletes, if I'm not, I'm you're advanced athletes, there's no question about it. Do do you still get that same sense of satisfaction out of, I have control over this process. I have control over that Everesting triathlon that I'm trying to pursue. And maybe talk a little bit about the benefits you even derive as advanced athletes from the control you have over your own life by pursuing those things. I feel like, yes, we do. I feel like the control definitely helps us feel, helps me feel more well and healthy. But I feel like a lot of times we take it for granted too. Like we, it's just such a process that you don't want to ever take for granted, but it's such, it's automatic. And I feel like we kind of just get in that routine. But then once you miss a day or two, that's when you really notice like, okay, this is where, this is where I'm missing. I need to get back on my motivation train and get back going again. Yeah. And I think in terms of having that control, I think what really helps with control is having a goal because that lets you reverse engineer where you want to get to. And that gives you control. So if your goal is whether it's to make X amount of dollars or have a certain fitness goal or whatever it is, you, cut your debt, whatever it is. Yeah. Your debt, it doesn't matter, right? And you say, okay, by in yeah. six months, I want to cut my debt by debt by X percent. And then you can take steps backwards. And so every day I need to do this. I need to do this and create a checklist, right? You know, these are the three things I need to do every day. And if I get nothing else done that day, as long as I do these three things, that's going to help pay down my debt or reach that goal, whatever it may be. And I think that really helps give people control. Because 
um, you know, they can see themselves checking it off every day and they know they're getting closer. Mm-hmm. I think where I find I don't have control is when I don't have a goal. I don't know what I'm working towards because then how can I have control? If I have a good workout or a bad workout, it doesn't really matter, right? I don't get that same sense of control. But when I have a goal and a target and I've reverse engineered how to get there, I think that breeds that sense of, of, of control. And there's a great book on this by Bo Eason. And I forget what it's called, but the main theme is be a player, not a fan. And what he talks about is, you know, really knowing where you want to go, go in life and then reverse engineering how you're going to get there and have a plan. Because otherwise, we don't have control because we don't know where we're going. And life just takes us, we're like a boat in the ocean with, with no power. The Life just takes us where it wants to. And we don't have that control. So I think having a goal breeds control. And I think maybe that, maybe I'm answering for you, but that's Please. where the, the Everesting Triathlon came from because this year we were both gearing up to do the World Triathlon in Edmonton. It's an international race. Not not a big deal. Not a big deal. It's been canceled two years in a row. Like, we were like, okay, we were training for something and now we're not. What are we doing? And there's not many races to go for. So that's where Kevin's kind of come, I think, where you've kind of come up with this. Everesting. Tell us about what an Everesting triathlon is. So I've made it up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Everesting in, in the endurance world wow. is you pick, it started in cycling. You pick one hill. And you repeat the same hill in the same ride as many times as it takes to, to reach the elevation of Everest. So I did that last spring and last summer I did a half Everesting running. So same hill, up and down running as many times as it took to get to base camp, we called it. And that got me thinking of, I wonder how far the human body can go, my specifically mine. And so... I'm doing this as a fundraiser for a local nonprofit, Two Wheel of View, and they help uh, youth with some emotional, social learning, confidence, teamwork, uh, using the bicycles as a tool. And so what I'm going to do is a a 10K swim, followed by a 10,000-meter Everesting on the bike, because 10,000 is a nicer number than 8,890 or whatever Everest is now, and then 10,000-meter Everesting on the run. So I think it'll be about 50 hours. Um, but, you know, I just, I like to have those goals. This granted is a, a, a silly one, a stupid one, some may say, but I think it's for a good cause and, and I'm excited to, to try it. So I want to loop back on that, on what you just mentioned. Darren touched on it a little bit. The process of goal setting and determining what goals are important because there's lots of things you could choose to do. How do you determine what you're going to do? How do you set your time frames and then approach those pieces? I'll let Julie speak about this because she's the the captain, I think, of the house and, and really holds me to task on it. But it's something we do twice twice a year and we'll probably do to reevaluate now, but I'll let you jump yeah, in on that. So this is more kind of all-encompassing, not specifically sports. So we have... Our goal is to do it quarterly, but so we break it down into categories. So we have, should have the sheet. (laughs) So we, we have like travel, we have wealth, we have health, health, we have our girls, we have, um, what else is in there? Now I'm forgetting. Um, but basically what we want to do, you break it down into all those individual areas 
and then you choose two or three attainable goals within those areas. And then you say who you're going to be accountable to. So we write that down. Usually it's us. So we tell our family, uh, what are the two immediate steps you're going to do for that? And then what we're going to do in the recheck. So, I mean, it's kind of a vague overview of goal setting, but that's one thing that we do. And then one thing that I do personally that Kevin does not do is that every single day I write out my 10 huge goals like massive goals. I write them out. And as I achieve them, like some of them are like, wow, you're never going to get this. It just seems crazy. And then all of a sudden, and I always write it as if, as if I've already done it. So like, for example, I went to the world triathlon championships done. So you write it down as if it's already happened. That way you kind of trick your brain into that positive momentous thinking that, it's easy. It almost makes it easier to achieve and it's always on the forefront of your brain. So those are the, we do the, the kind of quarterly. And then I do the 10 goals every single day, write it down in the journal every day. And then the one thing out of all those goals that I'm going to work on that day, because otherwise it gets too overwhelming. Just choose one. And then we also write down the challenges for the goals and a time frame in which to, oh, yeah. to, to try and achieve them. And I think the other thing people need to do when they do goal setting is celebrate the one, the ones that they've accomplished and take time to think about, you know, what did I do in the last year or quarter or whatever it is that I always dreamed of doing? And now I've done it. I've achieved that. So maybe it's, you know, being out of debt. Maybe it's buying a new car. Maybe it's running a 5K, whatever it is, you know, take time to recognize all the goals that you've achieved and all those dreams you had five years ago, how many of them have you actually achieved? A hell of a lot. If you sit down and think about it, right? Yeah, you got to celebrate. And you got to celebrate wins. that. Yeah, and every week too, like I write down in my journal all the wins. Celebrate all the wins, even though even a tiny win that you might not even think is a win, it's a win. Write it down and celebrate it. The last question I, I want to ask is, um, it's specifically about stress. Uh, and it's a selfish question in a way, because I'm curious for my own life. Being a lawyer, Kevin, as you know, and Julie as well, having a lawyer as a husband, we do have a stressful job. Um, and that comes in a lot of different ways. It can come from an unpredictable work schedule. Uh, it can come from unpredictable court documents that are served on my office that I now have to respond to. There's unpredictability. There's high pressure demands from clients, maybe the firm that you're you're working at. Um, our listeners can probably find similarities in their own life, stress from not only their separation, but other facets of their life. And it seems to me very difficult, and I, I know I'm not alone in this, very difficult to motivate myself to go do anything when I'm super stressed because the stress has made me feel like I've run a marathon that day, let alone going and doing the training. And it's just a mindset thing, I, I think. But um, what I'm really curious about is ways that like stress management tips uh, in particular, like ways we can address stress proactively in a healthy way, overcome stress um, because if if you're doing what I've described, which is I now want to sit on the couch and maybe have a pop or a beer, whatever, I, you know, I'm not, and I'm not doing the training. That's not. I know that that's not the best 
course of action for myself. So how do you sort of deal with stress management uh, from, because, and, and as a total side, you guys are super busy yourselves. Uh, you have two kids, you're, you're both professionals, and you're doing this podcast and all this other stuff. Clearly, you're managing stress adequately. Uh, so tell us the secret. Okay, I get, there's so many, it's multifaceted. So the first thing I'll go, I'll kind of zero in and say, when you're really struggling to get motivated to work out, one thing you can think of is think how good you're going to feel after. If you can kind of skip through the whole exercise piece and just go to, okay, this is how I'm going to feel after. I feel like that could be a part to, to getting through the breakthrough, the motivation, but going back to the stress. So hugely nutrition, nutrition and sleep. So uh, those are probably okay. two yeah. big things like nutrition. We didn't even talk about, but we are so nutrition focused in our family. And I feel like if nutrition suffers, everything suffers. Yeah. So meal planning, healthy meals, like that's a huge priority for us. That's super, it's super interesting. And I don't want to cut you off, but I mean, I've read a lot about this. So Rich Roll uh, famously uh, went to a plant-based diet. Uh, He's super extraordinary athlete, uh, endurance runner. How much realistically shifting your diet I mean, because I saw Kevin eat a few donuts at law school. I know he wasn't always. Uh, I can vote for that as well. He that was ten years ago now, but I can vote for that as well. You promise you wouldn't tell. He will eat anyone with a table. Yeah, he. No, it's a yeah. So yeah, I know. So so you've noticed a a drastic change with changing nutrition. So tell tell us about that. I mean, I think Julie's always had a very strong diet, and you know, I don't, I can, but I don't want to really necessarily come here and tell people what I think they should eat and shouldn't because everyone's different. Everyone, you know, it's a whole can of worms, but I think it's, you know, really going back to, to basics. If you drink lots of water, if you eat lots of fruit and vegetables, you're not going to be that hungry for all the other, you know, chips and, 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 and alcohol and, and sugar. And one thing we've tried to do is, um, you know, realistically, you see these fad challenges, and we've tried them all because it's somewhat fun for us. But you know, there's some there's you know no cheat meals or no sugar or no caffeine or alcohol for 75 days, and so people do that, and then what we find is they have like really bad bounce backs, and they just like eat everything they can, you know, all the unhealthy things they're depriving themselves of. So you know, realistically, if you can just have, if you you know, if you have to choose between I say the three vices people have: alcohol, you know, snacks, i.e., chips, and and refined sugars. If you can have at most one of those, like none of those a day is is best, but if you can at least limit it to one. So if you're going to have a beer after work, you're not having it with chips and chocolate, right? If you're having a piece of cake at a, a at a party, you're not having a bunch of of wine to go with it. And I mean, it's it's a small a small thing, but just those steps and you don't need to take drastic action it's just being mindful of what you're eating and i'm really not making sense right now but you know (laughs) it just goes back to those first principles lots of water lots of fruit lots of vegetables um and when you're gonna have a treat you know just have one and i I think that's really simple for people to get their head around people try and get caught up and this is a trigger for me with you know, fastings and ketos and this and that. And I just lose it. I'm like, just like, 
I'm not saying those are bad, but I'm just saying like eat your fruit and vegetables and drink lots of water, you know, and get enough protein. Uh, we take it from 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 plant based sources primarily, but you know whatever it is, just take enough you know good quality protein. Like, and those are the basics. And I think where people struggle is it's all the other stuff, right? It's all the the chips and pop and donuts and, and things like that. So you know if you can just have that the basics and then really be cognizant of of the extra stuff you're putting in, you know I think that makes a huge difference for people. Huge. Like when I cut down on my sugar intake, like my anxiety went way down. And it's more, it's a lifestyle. Like you never yeah. want to, you have, if you are going to start a new way of eating, you don't want to, you have to see yourself doing it for every day for the rest of your life. That's what I always tell my clients. They're like, oh, I want to do intermittent fasting. I was like, okay, are you going to do that forever? So if you're not, don't do it. Don't do it for three weeks to lose five pounds and then, cause you're just going to rebound. So those are the worst possible <laughs> things you can do. Intermittent fasting has its place. Um, won't get into that, but definitely choose something for the long haul yeah. for your lifestyle. And generally as a rule, like this is not for everyone. Not everyone can do this, but we try to make as much from scratch as we can if it's in a package, it generally is not in our house like that. We try to keep anything packaged. Like, you know, that old saying at the grocery store, go around the perimeter. That's essentially how we tend to eat and how we teach our clients to eat. So of course you're going to have treats here and there, but if you can, if you can keep it to the, the veggies, the protein yeah. and yeah, the fruits. And, and I think, you know, another, another way is people don't really know what they're eating. And so at the end of the day, like, oh, I did pretty well today. And, but really they forget all the snacks. So the, you know, so people say, write, write down what you eat in a day. Well, that's a lot of work. We write enough. Just take a picture. We all have phones in our, our pockets. You know, every, every meal or every snack. You can even post it to Instagram. You can do this in our app too. You can yeah. take a yeah. picture of <laughs> <Okay>. everything <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. And then you don't have to. But just and take, send it to me so I can analyze it. <laughs> but, but just take a picture on your phone and just do it for a couple of days. And you'll realize your patterns. You're like, oh, I forgot every day at three o'clock I go and get a coffee from the Drake crew and also eat a handful of chocolate covered almonds or, or whatever it is. But, you know, and, and don't do it for a month because that's onerous and you're going to stop, but just for a couple of days, take pictures of, yeah, for a, a week, week is good. pictures of everything you eat. And then, and then it, it, it teaches you what you're eating and when you're eating. And it. then you're like, Oh, I'm going to have to take a picture of those donuts. I'm not going to eat them. Yeah. I do that a lot. <laughs> so every now and again, I'll like record everything and I'll be like, I, I snack way less. Cause a I'm lot like, oh, of donuts. I have to write that down. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And same so, thing with the food as well as the exercise. Like how think of how you want to feel. Like you know how crappy you yeah. feel after you eat chips. Just try to change, reverse your mind, and think of that before you eat it if you can. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but just like try to think of how you want to feel. And then if if eating something, even an apple over a bag of chips, like wow, that's such a big change for a lot of people. And just think how much better you're going to feel after that one more thing before we move off because i'm sure we spent way longer on this than you planned you know it's awesome an easy hack at night and i i use this often when i'm trying to get down to race weight is carbonated water so bubbly or perrier san pellegrino it makes you feel fuller than you are it takes longer to drink than just water but it it 
it kind of cuts those cravings because it, it just makes you feel more full than you are with the, the carbonation. So it's a nice uh, little mm-hmm. trick, I think, right yeah. before bed instead of me going to the pantry and eating. And if, if, you, if you love like your wine, your rosé at night, put it in a big wine, find your biggest wine glass and just put that sparkling water in there. Does the spot, hits the spot every time. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, Rob, go ahead. I was just going to say, before we conclude, I, I do have one question. I was watching the latest episode of your podcast this morning. And you were talking about salted water or seasoned water. Uh, you were talking about pink Himalaya salt in water. P- please tell me more about this and the, and the benefits of seasoning your water. Okay. So I like that. I've never thought of it as seasoned water. So <laughs> what you well, spicy. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. So after a long night of fasting, so what you, what essentially what you want your body to be is in a basic environment. So you want to, and having lemon water, it can be hot or cold and adding that Himalayan salt really helps to hydrate your body and keep it in that basic environment. So out of that acidic, because as soon as you introduce something like coffee or even pop that right away turns your body into acidic and it's not going to be great for your digestion, your mindset, your, your gut brain, access all that stuff so just having that the lemon and just doesn't have to be much himalayan salt just a sprinkle lemon and salt not just salt yeah you have to have the lemon have that even though lemon is acidic once it hits your stomach it it is basic so you definitely want to have that um mix with the salt and it really helps to hydrate your body try it fantastic thank you the salt Especially now in the heat, you really want to hydrate, increase. Let's uh, let's let's get everyone directed to your various social media pages and how to find you guys. So let us know. Let our listeners know how they can find you, folks. Can I say one thing first, Darren? If that's okay. Oh yeah. Multiple ways to manage stress and and kind of still get that activity in. Okay, I'm all ears. We talked about food mostly, but just really (laughs) quick. Going back, uh, I I always want to hit on some (laughs) some other some other quick strategies for people besides sleep nutrition. You know, one is is the habit stacking we talked about. That's really important. If you can get it done in the morning, that's great. If you can't, you know, how can you work it into your commute? So can you walk to work? Can you walk halfway, take the bus half of the way? Can you get off the bus a bit early? Can you park a kilometer away and, and walk in? There's tons of different ways you can be creative about fitting that in. You know, can you convince someone at lunch to always go for a 10-minute walk? Um and the other thing is just start. So say, I don't feel like going for a run. That's great. Don't worry about it, Kevin. Just put your shoes on and go for a walk. Do it anyways. And just, and just start because sometimes you're not going to want to run, but you're walking. And so you keep that time, you know, um, for that, for that Darren time. Uh, and sometimes you'll just start walking, like, oh, I'll just run for a minute. And then that minute becomes two minutes or three minutes or five minutes. So um, I think the other way is just, you know, Say it's okay. I'm not going to exercise. I'm just going to put my shoes on and I'm just going to go for a walk. And sometimes that right. walk trick myself. A beautiful run. So I'm easily tricked. So that's that's fine. So. Sorry, Darren. I just wanted to, to go back and, and talk about that. No, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I did, but most certainly we did want to get everyone sort of funneled your way. So let let so us know how we find you. Yeah. Okay. Um, essentially, if you search Julie Stenner, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and I just recently went over to TikTok. 
to play around with TikTok. So I'm on nice. all those channels. And of course, the it's your One Life podcast. Yep. And your One Life podcast is uh, mindset focused. So kind of what we talked about today, but in, in more detail. And Julie also runs free groups on Facebook. So if you find her on Facebook, every month she does a three-day workshop on on different things. Sometimes it's chilling and grilling, I think, was last month. Yeah, Sometimes I've done it's- meal planning. I've done a huge one on vision, which is awesome. If people are looking, if they're kind of lost and want to find their vision. so. Yeah, and I'm uh, the Time Crunch Triathlete, primarily on Instagram, but also on Facebook, TikTok, and also uh, primarily on, on YouTube as well now. And that's focused on you know, kind of tips and tricks for the Time Crunch Triathlete. But the the tips and tricks and learnings, I think, apply to any fitness level and whatever sport or activity, whether it's just walking to, you know, if you're an ultra marathon, or I think it applies to everyone. Well, Julie and Kevin Stenner, thank you both ever so much for being with us. It was a pleasure having you both uh, on our podcast. And I look forward to drinking that seasoned glass of water. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, This is Divorced and Done. We look forward to being with you again. Thank you ever so much. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you love this episode, and if you have friends who also want to maximize their one life, we would so appreciate if you like, comment, and share this with your friends so we can keep these episodes coming. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Julie Stenner and at KStan81. Or drop us a comment and a DM with your questions. We'd be happy to chat with you guys. As always, contact us at stennerfitness at gmail.com. And don't forget to maximize your one life. Thank you.